And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm here, so <laughs> I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have. I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me okay. to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like. <laughs> Howdy. I'm I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love Oklahoma. (laughs) I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava, this is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, but it's not Monday, it's Tuesday. With me never on Tuesdays, hardly ever. Gosh, I have no feel for what day it is whatsoever. I'm a disaster today. Uh, it's Michele Ibarra. Michele, what's up? Well, first of all, it's Tuesday. It's the second Tuesday in a row, Andrew. We did it also last Tuesday. I know. Tuesday. Um, I know. Oh. Um, I'm recording from a very different location, so mm-hmm. anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids can storm in the room. Yeah. Um, connection can drop. Yeah. Uh, anything. Like just, uh, just about everything. That's great. That's great. Hey, I know what else is great. This Thunder team is legitimately great. I mean, they are so far ahead of schedule when it comes to what we had hoped. You know, I think that this this season right now looks a lot like if I would have forecasted next season. You know, if I would have thought yeah. about what could next season look like. You know, you have a year um, of Chet. You have, you know, J-Dub, another year. I mean, it it feels like that. And you kind of look up and you think, holy smokes. Like, they're here already. And it's pretty it's pretty astonishing to just... I mean, one, to just look at the, like the overall stats of this team today. I mean, they're third in net rating, 8.7, which is much higher than anybody else after them. Denver's at 5.7. Minnesota's at 5.3. Milwaukee's at 5.3. The only teams ahead of them are Philly at 10.3. And they've had a really easy schedule. But they're a really good team. And then Boston, who's in Oklahoma City tonight at a 10.4. No, they're 22-9. and They went through this stretch where, you know, Jay and I thought, eight, you know, in an eight-game stretch, that's pretty tough. If they went four and four, we'd feel pretty good. They went seven and one. Uh, they went seven and one during that stretch, and I with the one game being an unprecedented performance from probably the best player of all time, like <laughs> becoming twenty five again and and destroying the Thunder. Yeah, um, and it was like <clears throat> when they, they declared it's a must win game, and yeah. you know, and a lot of it was the Thunder just didn't shoot very well in that game, and it's not that they exactly. didn't play well; they that. actually yeah. shot the ball well. They played well. They played well. Yeah, it was. Oh, you it was, mean, a, they didn't. They didn't turn the Lakers over did, oh, as much as they could. Yeah. Um, they didn't turn didn't them over. Defend the ball. The double. The doubles. I think it was interesting because, like the double, the way they double team Anthony Davis was not great, but it helped yeah. them to play the next teams in Minnesota, New York, and Denver much better. Like they defended. Yeah. You know, Towns and Gobert so much better. They defended Randall so much better than they defended Jokic so much better after that. Like it was a great, it was actually like a great learning experience for them that Saturday against the Lakers. 
Yeah, about that. Um, I was listening to uh, No Dunks um, yesterday, and Jay Skeet was saying, "Yeah, we all know that the best way to defend Jokic is making him a score." Um, and I felt like OKC tried to do that. Yeah, they tried to play the passing lane uh, to double only when necessary, and first to shield like the possible passes to the corner before like having someone doubling Jokic to provide him to to get a layup. And and you're right. I mean, they defended um, the Lakers in a very similar way, and the Lakers made a lot of shots. And I think that the Lakers attacked that that kind of double team very well. And OKC had time to adjust on those errors. I think that they doubled Anthony Davis way too early. Yeah. And with Jokic and with Gobert and with others, they did it a little bit later. Uh, like a split second there makes all the difference. Yep. But you're right. I mean, these over the past 10 games, they are still the third best team in net rating. And they had yeah. probably the hardest schedule of, of anybody in the league mm-hmm. over the past 10 games. Mm-hmm. And and it's insane. I mean, you always expect, yeah, I mean, they will, they will lay the egg here. Yeah, they will maybe lose this one. And instead, they are playing hard every <laughs> single night. Even on nights where you start off with the wrong foot, like against Brooklyn, where... Yeah. Uh, you have to call a timeout after I don't know a minute and fifty seconds. Right. Um, you came back. You play your your, your way. You, you turn up your defense just uh, just as much as you need, and you're clearly better than other than middle of the pack teams. Like clearly, like Brooklyn played well for two quarters. OKC turned the switch for seven minutes defensively, and it was over. It was over. And then you have this weird jade up fourth quarter thing happening again and again and again, yeah. where the game is, yeah, is in control, but not over. And just makes like three possessions in a row where it destroys the other team and the game is over, over. Yeah. It's, it's borderline insanity. And, you know, suppose that this season is a 43, 44 win season and the next one is 50. Hmm. Maybe you expect it a little bit more. This yeah. is completely unexpected. And and even the way, even like this stretch, we did not expect that to happen. No. And and it's it, it's insane. They 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 keep improving, and I mean they're just they're just a very very good team that you want to see through this season and and just enjoy um, because it's uh, it's something that uh, I mean nobody can predict. It, it's really burn your assumption or whatever Presti said. Um, yeah. It's for real, and and like it's funny because the national conversation, when it turns to the Thunder, is like they they don't know exactly how to talk about the team. They just want to talk about how they have all these assets and it's time to make a trade. But when you like look at like what they've done and what they're doing now, like to me, to me, I'm just like why. <laughs> You know, I mean, you look mm-hmm. at like the point differential according to uh, cleaning the glass plus nine point one. Like, okay, uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league, one of the best offensive teams in the league. They, I mean, if if I'm doing anything, like I may go get a backup big or another wing, like we've talked about. You know, like those would be like the only positions that I think that I would even want. But like any sort of like big trade, I'm just like, why why in the world do you want to mess this up? Especially like Josh Giddy is starting to find a rhythm a little bit yeah. and has looked much better. And it's not he was ju- good. He was legitimately like, really very good. good against the Nets. Like yeah. very good. Like at there have been times, and I hadn't really thought about this a whole lot, but there's been times in the past week where Josh has been handling the ball and I've thought he looks like the best player on the floor right now. There was times against Denver, and it was, and I'm not saying for like quarters at a time. I'm talking for like three or four possessions, where it's yeah. like, oh, there he is, and it happened against Denver, like th- in the third quarter. It happened like three or four times in a row. He had hit this hot stretch where, and it wasn't that he was like shooting great, but he just got the ball and was just moving so fast up the court with it. And he was making the right pass, and he was making plays. There was there was a play where he set a screen for Shea Gildas Alexander, and then rolled to the hoop, and then Shea found him, and he shot a floater, and it was like, yes, that yeah, is that how thing. you that yeah. is how you get him involved. That was against Denver. It's like that's how you get Giddy involved. It's not 
sit Giddy on the perimeter and have him drive into a guy who's standing five feet from the hoop and he has no advantage whatsoever. It's no. set screens. It's move around. It's be in the dunker spot. It, and sometimes it is spot up. Like you have to do, it has to be, and that's what he started to do. Mark has put him in a position to do it where he is on different, he's at different spots of the court the whole time. You watch, go go rewatch some of, and it would be excruciating to do, so I don't recommend you do it. But you could go rewatch some of the Rockets game and watch him just stand there in almost the same spots over and over and over again. And the Rockets yeah. are just, I'm sure the coaching staff is like, yes, yes, thank yeah. you. And now it's its yeah. completely different. Yeah, but there are like just a few players that you can uh, put in a spot and, and leave there because the defense will adjust, will cheat a bit. Of course, if you leave Isaiah Joe in the corner, um, probably the defense will will be a little bit aware. Mm-hmm. But if you can, we, we said it many times over the past few years, if as a defense, you can turn your head to the play, to the ball, and turn it back and see the player that is that you are guarding still there, the defense has won ready. Mm-hmm. Because that defender had the chance to take away his attention from the player and not pay him for a hit. And this is this is exactly what you were mentioning. You have to give the defense different doses of like stuff. You need to have Giddy spotting up, uh, but relocating, spotting up, and finding an open an open shot. Uh, you, you need Giddy to set a screen, to cut, to be in the dunker spot, to be everywhere on the court. Mm-hmm. And then Giddy is getting back this passes, uh, the split-second decisions. Uh, he had one that was amazing to Lou Dort uh, for that missed dunk, um, and then Lou made it, somehow made it better, because this is what hap- what is happening for Lou Dort this season. Um, and, um, and so that that pass was was such a beauty. I mean, I don't think that he actually hold the ball. He, he yeah. redirected with one hand. Yeah. It was an insanely difficult pass to make. <laughs> so and fun. he hit Lou Dort in the pocket with a bounce back, with bounce pass. Uh, these sort of stuff are getting back to Giddy. I think that he's finding joy yeah. again of totally. playing basketball. It's totally. it's not miserable anymore. Yeah. And, and this is good. This is good for the Thunder. This is good for him. And, and back to the to the adding something, um, national media kind of talk. Um, I was very proud of Danny LaRue um, because I, I was listening to Nate Duncan. And, and then he said, I mean, I would not kill them uh, not even being bothered if they stay put this season, mm. um, because there is no need for them yeah. to really rush into anything. Yeah, uh, they have a couple of years where they can see who the young guys are actually keepers, and if they have to remove someone to to get some someone else, then they can do it over the next two years. And I think that this is the way of discussing it. So there there are still talk of hey, if they get Mark and hey, if they get but. But there are there are starting to be also other discussions where hey they are very good as they are. Mm-hmm. I think that getting some insurance is very important because mm-hmm. yes they have guards yes they have forwards but not many forwards. So if you can get one, you, and and suppose that J Dub has to miss ten games, which is not a very improbable thing, um, then you have someone else that can play and you can probably pay less uh, than without him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm. I'm in for those sort of trades, like getting a versatile four that may play some backup five and some four, and you can get a little bit more of insurance if some of your main guys are. I need to get the uh, five, ten games where they can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't think that there's any big time needs. I, I think. I think like adding like, like we've talked about these names Kelly Olynyk or Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal like those aren't going to cost you any of the core pieces and those are going to get you no. just help you a little bit and you can probably get all of those guys for relatively inexpensive it's it's funny because like Dorian Finney-Smith like clearly already has a relationship with Mark you know from his days at Florida um you know I was talking to him after the game and it's just like kind of gets your mind you know wondering a little bit like what that could look like um but I don't know. I mean, look at the past eight games that this this team has been ridiculous. Shea, <laughs> Shea, Shea is so absurd. During this eight-game stretch, 7-1, 31.8 points per game, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 2.4 steals, 0.8 blocks, shooting 54% from the field. He's only 27% from three, which is a thing. And then 92% from the line, 
at 9.5 attempts per game. I mean, it's absurd. And then you look at Chet, 20 points, seven boards, two, almost three assists, and three and a half blocks. You look at J-Dub, 20 points per game, three rebounds, almost five assists, one steal per game, shooting 56, 51, 76. That's that's bonkers. It's insane. And then like Dort's 12 and a half points, shooting 51% from three. Giddy is 11 points during this seven-game stretch because he missed one game uh, due to injury. 11 points, shooting 56% from the field, 36% from three, five boards, four assists. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah, like, give me that. G- yeah, give me more. Give me that. Give me give more me rebounds. More but it's only in 22 minutes, too. You yeah. know, I mean, like this. No, I was saying give me more instead of like like the first unit. Give me more games. I, I want to watch this more. I, know. Uh, I, 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 know. I don't need more from them. And, and one thing that I think you tweeted out uh, or someone of the Down to Down crew uh, tweeted out that uh, OKC is also improving their rebounding. Um, maybe it's, yeah. it was someone else on Twitter. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I read it somewhere that OKC is really improving the rebounding percentage. Um, maybe Stephen Dolan. I, I, I'm, I'm making uh, confusion here. Um, but, but the point is that they, they are not getting killed on the boards every single game. Um, yeah. They are in some games, sure, because this is not a thing for them. But they are also taking care of the, of the rebounding much better than at the beginning of the season. Yeah, in the last eight games, they're 23rd in rebound percentage, which is not yeah. 30th or 29th. Yeah, it's improving. <laughs> they're, they're not great, but they are but they are better, and that kind of matches the eye test, too, is that they are, I mean, they're just improving. And, and that was like the thing, and we talked about it even at the beginning of the season, was, yeah, you could definitely improve the rebounding percentage by adding a good rebounder to the team. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If, like, if you added a really good backup center, that'd be great. But the, even if you added somebody, it would still remain true that the team needed to be better anyways. You know, and you'd, yeah. ra- you'd rather the team improve internally before you added somebody else to it and like, okay, well, he'll get it. He'll take care of it. You know, you want this team to fight for it. And they've started to do that. They've gotten, they have gotten much, much better. And, boy, they have such an awesome test in front of them. And it's really kind of cool that you have this like amazing stretch where you know they beat I mean they, they beat Denver beat Memphis beat the Clippers lost to the Lakers but then beat Minnesota the Knicks Denver and Brooklyn and now it's like great like they have been just like passing every single test that you want them to it's like they they've been resilient in these games they have destroyed they destroyed Minnesota they fought hard against the Knicks, and then they destroyed Denver. It's like what, like during that Denver game, like my eyes were just like wide open, just like yeah. wow. And that was the moment watching that game because I and, and I know people still want to talk about trades, but it was like during that game that I just like thought they don't they don't need to do anything. Like why would yeah. you want? Why would in the world would you want to disrupt what they have? They have good players up and down this roster, like their top 11 guys, I think are really good. And then like, maybe you'll get a Davis Bertans game here and there, you know, Jang still isn't ready, but maybe he gets ready. I don't know. I still like Lindy, but like Shea, Dub, Chet, Dort, Giddy, Casey Wallace, Isaiah Joe, Kenrich, Wiggins, Jay Will, Vava. Yeah. Like, I Bob feel- is playing. He's playing. He's playing pretty good too. Yeah, like he's playing good. Yeah. Minutes. he's not scoring, which doesn't bother me too much. But he's moving the ball. He's yeah attacking. Yeah, it's great. I mean that that top eleven. I guess you feel pretty good about it. And like really, to me, the only thing that's truly missing is like a like a legit backup center. But even then, like they they have been, and this has been really really kind of cool to see and they did this against the Timberwolves and we talked about it last week Um, they were just like we don't care we don't care that we're smaller in fact we are only 
going to play small players against the biggest team in the league, and we're going to make them, we're going to force them to adjust to us. I mean, look at the players that actually played that night. I mean, the only player that was above 6'10 was Chet, or really even above 6'8 was Chet. Shea, Dort, J-Dub, Giddy. Giddy's the tallest one at 6'8". Kaysen, Kenrich, Joe, Vava, Wiggins, Jay Will played four minutes. That's just because at the end of the game it was garbage time and they had destroyed them with these small lineups. Yeah. And they just played Kenrich at, at backup center. And that was the that was in fact like that was their best lineup last year was was Kenrich Williams at center. And so they're just saying, we don't care. We know what people are saying. They don't care. They want to play a specific way. They don't care what anybody else says about it. Oh, they need a big body. Oh, they need to play this guy. They need to play Chet at, at power forward. Even even like people that I work with are saying that. And like the Thunder just don't care. Like they just don't even care. That they that they yeah. they they're playing small. And they're like they're they're like, we dare you to beat us. We dare you to beat us when we have this small lineup. And they have been crushing teams. Crushing teams. I mean they they all the numbers would indicate that this is a team that could contend for a championship this year. All the numbers indicate that. Now, the only number that doesn't indicate that is their age. Like, that's the only number. Yeah. Every single other number would indicate this is the kind of team that contends for a title. With a, with a point differential, really what you're looking for is plus six. So, like, the teams that are plus six right now, Minnesota, Clippers, Thunder, Philly, Boston. That's it. Denver's at a plus five. We know Denver can get there. Like, no one questions that. Milwaukee's yeah. at a plus 4.7. They can get there. I don't think anybody doubts that. I think everybody else is, is, a, is a big fat no. But the Thunder in that mix, and in fact, like, they are at the top of the list that we just mentioned. Now, they have to keep building this. They have to keep going. But, like, if you look at the numbers, the numbers say the best team in the Western Conference is the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what the numbers that's what the numbers are saying today. That we're through 31 games. The Oklahoma City Thunder are the best team in the Western Conference. What what do you think about that? Um I think that they had some wins. Um they, they have the tendency to play hard harder than other team that when they are winning uh, so i think that this can boost up a little bit numbers um but they are they are winning big time so by the numbers they are sure one of the best teams in the league and, and also one of the best teams in the west um i think that you mentioned about going small and and, and stuff like that yeah they, they can go small uh, which is a plus they are successful going small but i was impressed by the way in which OKC played against Denver when Jay Will was on the court. Mm. I mean, this guy is not playing at nearly as much as he was last season. Um, and he was borderline an NBA player 12 months ago. And he goes into a game that OKC is kind of winning, but not really winning. They're, they were up, but not up big time. And he makes like four or five plays in a row. Mm -hmm. And the game is wide open. Uh, the game is is done basically after the sequence that he had the block the, to charge the few possessions where he's hard uh, on defensively spot on with his brain into the game and, and he's just making good plays after a good play it's 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 just uh to me a showing that everybody's ready mm -hmm. and this is probably the best indicator that this team has many many ways to win basketball games yeah which is something that you need uh, in the postseason. Now, are they ready? I don't know. I mean, they are very young. Um, Dagnold has shown to be a coach that can adjust very well. I mean, the first game against Denver compared to the second and the third, it's night and day. And yes, this is credit to the players because they, they were on the court doing that, but also on the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Minnesota, game one and game two, two completely different game games in terms of schematics in terms of results in terms of wide open shots created stuff like that they improved they really improved um in 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 a span of three weeks mm -hmm. so imagine uh, having a, the time to study an opponent 
but they have to do it. We have to see that. So I'm sure that they are, and they have all the cards to be to be there. Um, but what happens when they are 0 and 2? Yeah, and maybe or or 0 and 1, and lo- and they lost home court advantage. What happens then? Mm-hmm. Because that is where you have to you have to see it. The zero zero mentality works fantastically in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But the point is, in a play of series, when you are 0 and 1 and you lost the home court advantage, you are 0 and 1. You are no. It's not O and O mentality. It's hey, we're down, and we really need we really need to make up for it. Yeah. And we need, we don't need to overdo it. We need to be truthful. What makes us great, and we just have to win the game. Now, I'm not saying that they are not able to do it. I'm just saying that we have to see it. Um, but in terms of regular season, I mean, we have seen enough. I think that if this team is healthy, if this team stick together uh, as they did for the first 31 games, they will be a great regular season game. Uh, was a regular season team, sorry. Yeah. And to me, I, I would, I think it's silly to bet to bet against them having um, a top five record uh, in the Western Conference because mm-hmm. this is what they are. Uh, yes, anything can happen. Uh, they can like just forget how to play basketball or someone can get injured. Yes, those the, the second thing can happen. The first thing I, I would not bet against. Uh, I would not bet that that would actually happen. But um, but yeah, in terms of postseason, it's it's a different game. It it definitely is, and I and I do I still mostly lean that this like Thunder team is is too young overall. Because like if you look at the guys who have played the most minutes for the Thunder this year, you know, Chet's 21, J-Dub's 22, Giddy's 21, Casey Wallace is 20. But like you also look at some of these other guys. Like Shea's 25, you know? Yeah. Like he's in his prime. Lou's 24. Isaiah Joe's 24. Kendrick's is 29. They they have some guys that are ready. And like they they have yeah. shown that, and now it's like, and, and the truth is like it's it's more on J Dub and Chet, obviously to be ready. And we've and we've seen guys come into the postseason and not be ready. Like, would it shock me if Dub came into this postseason and just like wasn't ready? Like, I wouldn't be shocked by that, and I wouldn't even be like discouraged by that because it's is tough. Like the playoffs are tough. The league is so so tough. Even Chet, like if if we went into a series where the Thunder were the four or five matchup against the Sacramento Kings, and he had to play Domas every single night, like I wouldn't be surprised if like Chet wasn't ready for that. You know, I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me. Or if they played, and I don't think they're going to play Minnesota because I think Minnesota is going to be one of the top two seeds, and the Thunder will too, and they wouldn't play them until way later. Um, so I don't even know that that's a possibility. Like I'm looking out out west at like other teams. I mean, Sacramento's like the one just because like the Thunder haven't beat them. But like, if they had to play the Lakers in round one, which is a sincere or the Clippers, or the with Cl- Kawhi, the Clippers puts, with Kawhi puts the clamps on on Shea and sure. and and maybe Paul George put the clamps on on yeah. Jadab, and now we have Giddy Dort and Chet that have to yeah. win the game because the two stars. Are not able to score enough. I will what say, I will say, it's a much bigger if that the Clippers are healthy come playoff time than it is that the Thunder are ready come playoff time. So, like, I don't. Yeah, come on, we 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 don't want to to bet on Kawhi being unhealthy. We should bet on him being healthy, and that is a good series. That is, yeah, that sure. is sport, right? Yeah, look at the last few years. <laughs> That's just exactly how it's played out. No, like, I I don't I don't care. Honestly, I just don't care. Like the Clippers have to prove it to me, especially now that they added James Harden to the team. Like, cool, he's playing great lately. It's regular season, man. Like we we know the story. The story has been written about the Clippers already. It's done. Yeah. Law Murray, go ahead and write all your stories now because we already know what's going to happen. Like we already know there's going to be injuries to their top guys, and James Harden's going to wet the bed in the playoffs. Like we have this story has been written. It has been foretold. What's going to happen to the Clippers? We know <laughs> what's going to happen. I don't fear the Clippers, not one bit. Uh, and that's this. This whole spiel is probably going to come back to bite me, but I don't. Why, why, um, why, why do you have to say the last word, like the last sentence? I, I was fine on. Yeah, we know the story. Now, now you said you are not scared. This is like you saying not, the not. the DS word that we will not that we will not repeat. 
Um, yeah, it's true. It, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's let's not say. I would it. say. But, but oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no 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 no! I'm I, I have to stop you. Uh, you can't say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, being being young and it's definitely something. Um, and I think that there are teams that theoretically they they match up well against them uh, or bad against them. I think that the the Sacramento Kings are a team where Domas poses some issues, and I think that they would have to get creative um, to to play against him. I think that. Chat will learn how to play Domas a little bit high up uh, and not allowing him to be too close to the basket when he receives the basketball. I think that against Sacramento, they had two good games, not two great games. And and I think that OKC has an issue um, playing against teams that have very good shooters because OKC is not a team that will stop the three ball. This is something that can bite them in a playoff series. Um, against Brooklyn, they I, allow I have a, Brooklyn I have a, have I want a, you to keep going. I have a Lego emergency that I need to go tend to. So if you'll just okay, just okay, I will. Tight. I will just. I will just go ahead. Just keep going uh, and, and, and and talk about. Let's hope that the, that my connection holds up. Um, I was saying about the, the three ball. OKC is not a team that will actually stop uh, opponents to shoot a, a good amount of trees. And I think that if they if they go against a team that has a a good week or good two weeks they can lose a playoff series because of that i'm sure that they will adjust more they will switch a little bit uh they will play the, that team up high this is where sacramento is, is a very interesting opponent because as james anderson um noticed notice uh in in the chat like playing against domas is um was not successful for chat in game one nor in game two even if i think that game two was a little bit better but i think that overall um those are the teams, teams that have maybe three-point teams where OKC. That said, I mean, I think that also betting that SGA is a bad as a bad game against those kind of teams is a is a bet that yes, you can make, but I'm not sure you can win. And I think that Shea was not at his best against Sacramento, and not for things that Sacramento did. Sometimes you just have a bad game, um, and I think that in the first game it was not even there, or maybe it was against uh, New Orleans. But anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, I froze for a bit. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I am again. I'm in the mountains in vacation, and I have only this. Um, so, all in all, I think that OKC has a legit chance to be a tough out in the playoffs. I don't know um, um, what kind of postseason they will have because, again, being this young, being the first time, it, it's really hard. I think that uh, the game is officiating in a different way. Um, the opponents are playing you in a different way. I think that we will we will see a very very different kind of uh, scheme against Skiddy, for example. They will try to cheat on him and Lodort like crazy. Um, maybe to to like they will just allow them to make any three point shot, take any three point shot because this is how I I would actually do that. I mean they they will have to prove me that they are able to 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 make enough threes to win the game and i will try to focus on on dab and shay so there are there are many things that they need to work out i think that one very good thing that is happening for the thunder this season is that teams are already adjusting to what ogc is doing so they already seen a lot of what can happen in a in a postseason um okay so are there any questions while andrew is away I see one from Lawrence Field. Miki, what is your favorite Apreski drink and dish? Um, I don't have like a favorite one, but I I drink something uh, on good days that is basically um, coffee with brandy and um, uh, a liquor that with eggs that uh, I I don't know how how to be, how it is called in uh, in USA. Maybe Andrew can can help me. Um, we were we were uh, already talking about different stuff like apreski drinks and dishes. Um, uh, what uh, the the drinks that you drinks and and eats after you ski in the mountains. Oh, and so there is this there is this drink in Italy that I don't know how it is called. Uh -huh. It's coffee brandy. And uh, an egg liquor. Do, do you know what's that? The yellow liquor with the uh, yolks of eggs. Egg do you have that? Eggnog. Egg yes. Okay. If you if you put all this this three thing and uh, a little bit of uh, cream, it's it's the best. Wow. 
while skiing the best because <laughs> it, it warms you out and you are a little bit crazier on the slopes and everything works out perfectly <laughs> oh that's awesome um we are have we are having some lego troubles here we are we're in the midst okay. of like building legos i don't i don't know what's going on just i've got to pause just one more time i don't know hold on Okay, I will keep answering questions while Andrew fixed this uh, Lego issue. Um, let's see. Camino, do you think the Thunder should stay put and find their identity this season or make a push and trade for a solid four on f or five? I think that the best way is to stay put. Uh, if something is available, like someone wants to get rid of uh, a player because of salary issues or stuff like that, you know, he feels that that guy could fix some issues that they have for very little money. I think that they could do it. They could definitely do it. Uh, from Renato Morales, uh, do you think the lack of three-point shooting SGA have is going to affect us too much in playoffs? I don't think so. I think that OKC, um, uh, sorry, Shea is taking a lot of off-the-dribble threes that are not going in at a crazy rate. But I see his three-point shooting uh, off the catch being very good. And so I don't think that this is necessary. I think that, that Shea likes to, to take uh, a few off-the-dribble threes just to remind the opponents that he can take them and Shea is such a good shooter in the mid-range that defenses will just care about him taking step back trees even if the percentages are not so good maybe in a playoff series defenses will allow him but Shea is not like a terrible shooter he can get into a hot stretch and, and if you play him a little bit down um, he can really get into the mid-range anyway so I think that Shea takes the trees because he has to do that uh, to keep the, the defense uh, balanced. But I don't think that this is something that will harm him in the playoffs if he, take, if he makes just 30% of his trees. Um, we were talking about um, if the lack of three-point shooting for, for SGA uh, will actually uh, be a problem in the postseason. I think that yeah. The the off ball three the the off the dribble three is something that Shea is not making a ton, but taking because to keep the defense honest. And I don't think that defenses will allow him wide open uh, off the dribble threes anyway because he can make those. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's let's. I mean, the the thing I'm more worried about is like his free throws just drying up in the postseason. Like that would be like the only that's like a a bigger concern to me. You know he's gonna take threes. He's gonna. I mean, he's only taking three a game. Hit the steady diet for him is getting to the hoop and getting to the mid range. And like both of those, I think you can do in the postseason. In fact, like yeah. that's how a lot of postseason basketball is played. Is like taking these like tough, tough shots. So I'm not. I'm not super concerned about it. I am a little bit more concerned about um, the free throws. Because he's still pretty reliant on that. I mean, you look at what he's up to now. He's up to eight point four per game. You know, mm -hmm. and like that's seven, eight points per game that he's getting, which is can make a huge difference. And if that goes down to five per game in a series, you know, like that could that could decide a playoff series. So like that to me, and we yeah. see, and we've seen that with players before. With like James Harden, you know, where the free throws like are they're just gone. Like the the defense is able to sit and plan for everything for him. And then then what? You know? And like honestly, like the then what is like his mid range is just absolutely killer this year. And so yeah. I think he, he is just he's finding ways. He's gonna have I mean, the playoffs is a completely different beast because you have a team and a coaching staff that is completely focused on shutting down what you do well. And they're gonna make you. They're gonna make your biggest weakness the thing that is featured for your offense. And a lot of that's gonna be like, how much can Josh Giddy stay on the floor? I think that'll be a question that they have to answer. Like, is Josh in a rhythm? Is he playing like he has been over the last seven games? And it's not as big of a problem. If he played like he did the previous seven games, then it's a huge problem. You know, is Lou Dort hitting his threes? You know, he has been for a vast majority of this season. He's had like a one slump, but overall, I mean, he's shooting forty-two percent from three, and that's insane. it's the best stretch of his career by far. Yeah, it's insane. And I've been I've been a hater 
of there is a question of me being a hater of Ludort. Yeah. Um, and if you go back and, and listen to everything that I said in the past about Ludort, um, it was mainly about the fact that he was not good in picking his spots. Yeah. And that was the reason why the main numbers of Ludort were always bad because he was a reckless driver and he was taking too many shots, mm -hmm. uh, too many difficult shots, and that was not his game. Um, surely he got better, way better, because the, the shot selection alone doesn't bump you 10% in three points percentage. Uh, and maybe this is not where he will settle. Maybe he will settle around 38, 37, 39, um, maybe 36 and a half, uh, which sounds like a bit too low right now. Um, but it still be possible, still possible. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that is the change. I mean, he improved, and I'm so happy because having this kind of uh, point of attack defender on your team that, that you are not paying defensively, uh, sorry, offensively, this is exactly what you need alongside Shea. And so I think that, uh, yes, I, I was not a big believer in him improving his percentage from three, and he did that but he also changed quite a lot in yeah. his shot diet. And I think that he mentioned that himself, that oh, yeah. the, the shot selection, and, and, and this is exactly the thing that allowed him to be a little bit better. And, and he can still freestyle in games where he feels that. I mean, the, the shot that he took after the missed dunk was probably a heat check, and he made that. Who cares? You're yeah. up 20 and you're having a good night. That is completely fine. Um, and there are games where it's actually Lou Dort that, the guy who who is the soul of the team and and the team rally behind him. There are games like that, but but the majority of the games are, hey, I'm here, I'm doing my job. I'll take open shots. I'll drive when I see a, a wide open lane, and if the, the lane is the lane closed out, I'm able to make a pass, which is also a main main difference about Ludor. Because if you take away all the passes that he made, and you turn them into contested two point shots you still have inefficient Dort. Mm -hmm. And you don't have him because teams are like players are moving around. He finds better angles to pass the ball. And he's mindful about the fact that he has to find teammates while he's driving. Yeah. And this change is one of the things why OKC is so good. Because oh, if yeah. you take away efficient Dort and you replace him with inefficient Dort, maybe this team is... Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. They're certainly not. Just a plus five net rating. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that Sorry, may... Sorry, I cut out again. Yeah, that's okay. No, that may be possible. He... I, one of the things is like he's just better around the rim. He's not he's not yeah. great around the rim. Like let's be clear. No. Like he's not great. He was 48% in the restricted area last season. Which anything below 50 for anybody is just it's, like, it's an ex- unacceptable number. When you're right by the hoop and you and it's a coin flip whether you're going to make it or not. It's not great. It's 56.9 right now, which is still not like stellar. But it's so much better <laughs> than it was last year. Yeah. And 56 means that a shot at the rim by Dort is actually slightly improving your offensive rating, your real offensive rating, which mm-hmm. is exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Because OKC has, I think, 110 point something, or maybe more, 118. So it's slightly below, sorry, it's slightly below your uh, overall effective uh, effectiveness on offense, but he's not killing it. Yeah, which is exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, and then you look at like in their so in the restricted area, he is shooting fifty six percent. Just like for to compare, it is still like one of the worst on the Thunder. Like, there's only two guys that have been worse at the rim this year, and it's Giddy and Jay Will. Um, Giddy's at fifty five percent. Jay Will's at fifty two percent. Like both those need to go up for both those guys, and I I think they yeah. will. You look at Shea. <laughs> Shea's on six point six attempts as the main score for your team, where one of the goals is to stop that guy from driving. Stop that guy from driving. He's shooting seventy point six percent in the restricted area this season on six point six attempts. True. I can't believe that. 70.6. Chet Holmgren, 71.5. And then, like, other guys are, like, role players where the it's it's off cuts. It's off of, like, open layups. You know, Kenrich, Isaiah Joe. Uh, J-Dub is 66%. Which is still insane. The the restricted area. <laughs> I mean, 66 really is, 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 is crazy. It's, it's really, really good. crazy. Yeah, it's really good. Especially for a guy who is, like, the focal point, one of the focal points, who is like, please stop that guy too. Um, unbelievable. Can we talk about Chet? Chet offense? Yeah. Can we? Oh. Shall we? Yeah, we shall. Um, is there a thing that he can't do on offense? Maybe, maybe <sighs> dribbling and 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 like dribbling against a set defense. This is something that he struggles with a little bit. A little bit. Um, but not- the. The, the movement that he has, the fact that he can like j- just take a step and going from the free throw line to the basket without having to dribble, uh, the three-point shooting, it's just, he makes it look so easy, mm-hmm. so natural, mm-hmm. sometimes weird, like the overextension, I'm not really used to that. Yeah. Um, the Sometimes he has like some funny... Uh, layups and stuff like that with weird angles, mm-hmm. but they that they, they they go in. So who cares? And I think that he, the the shooting will change dramatically over the next few years yeah. because he will he will mix up a lot of jumpers from the mid range. Yeah, just set jumpers like the one that Dirk used to make. Mm-hmm. Um, those stuff. I think that he has them. Um, he doesn't take too many because I think that. Um, He's still working on them. Yeah. But boy, this guy is insane. And the way in which he affects everybody uh, when they try to approach the the basket. There there are guys who can get by and maybe dunk on him. But the majority of the guys are really aware that he's there. They change decisions mid-air, turning like a potential layup uh, layup into a crappy pass uh, on the legs of teammates like these stuff are happening and for a rookie this is this is insane this is not like walker kessler putting up numbers and stuff like that because nobody <laughs> believed that he could actually block a shot even if he had like great numbers in college like chat yeah like chat is really changing I me mean, lebron james got blocked yeah like like ad yeah like thrown back it was it was absurd what they were able to do 
or what he was able to do. And and even and against the Nets too. I mean, I remember there was a play. They were in transition, and it was just Chet as like the guy out there, and. The first guy, I can't remember. Was, I think it was Royce O'Neal. wasn't willing to try to drive on Chet, so he just yeah. back, he just backed it. It was like a one-on-one fast break, and he was just like, "Nope, not doing that." Through it nope, to Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Finney-Smith drives, sees Chet there, dr- throws it back out. Dinwiddie gets it, drives in, stops short of hitting the paint, and just tries this like really bad floater off the backboard that rims out. Like it had no chance of ever going in, all because yeah. they were afraid of Chet, and like that. And, you know, the Nets are probably one of the most ill-equipped teams to drive on him just because they don't have any, like, really strong, like, ball handlers that can really drive on him. But, I mean, yeah, he's affecting shots in the paint all the time. He's blocking yeah. shots. He, he's As a defender, he's incredible. As as an offensive player, as, like, that, that trail three, that above-the-break three, he is just lethal. I mean, he's, yeah. he's shooting 40% on above-the-break threes. Right now, forty yes. percent on a hundred and fifteen attempts. No, yeah, I mean that's, that's crazy. Same as Isaiah Joe, who's taken one hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> he and Isaiah Joe are, are shooting. He's actually shooting slightly better from above the break. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's how good he has been this season. And, and to answer Hoopstock City Nine, um, there should be a stat when Chad that there's shots. Uh, yeah. There is a uh, stat, and uh, you can see on-off numbers from cleaning the glass and see um, the frequency of shots at the rim by opponents and the accuracy. And Chad is, I would say, top ten. Top of, it's not top five. Um, there, there is a lot of noise uh, among centers. Uh, Rudy is ahead of him, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's actually I test. Rudy is actually um, a huge deterrent, but Chad is not very far behind. So you can also see that in the numbers that I think that the opponents are shooting 2.5% less at the rim and they are, the, the frequency is four points uh, percentage lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are already good numbers. Um, Gobert has better numbers, but, um, but I think that Chet is on, the, on his way. I'm not sure he will make any old defense team, but he should because the defense is actually insane yeah. uh, for him. Yeah. I mean, you look at above-the-break threes amongst all centers in the league that have taken at least 100 threes. I mean, even we'll, we'll take it down to 99. We'll take it down to 74. Um, he's the second best amongst all of them. The only one that's shooting better than Chet from above the break is the self-proclaimed best shooting big man of all time, Carl Anthony Towns, at 41%. He's shooting, again, 40.9% from above the break much better than Larry Markkinen, Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez is at 30%, Jaron Jackson's at 34%, Victor Wimbanyama is at 29%, Kevin Love's at 35%, Chris Epps Porzingis, 33%, uh, Vucevic, 26%, Miles Turner, 36%, Nikola Jokic, 34%, Nas Reed, 38%, Zach Collins, 31%, Joel Embiid, 35%. Those are all the guys that are taking the most above-the-break threes that are bigs. And he is shooting the second-best percentage of all of them. Yeah, while playing two ways. Uh, while playing like, both Kat, ways, yeah. Yeah, Cat is not he's not the center and he's not the defender. He yeah. can play center uh, if you want to have a... I mean, the T-Wolves have to play Nasrid, and even that didn't work against the Thunder. They they, they actually decided to to play without them. Yeah. But anyway, um, still, is, it is impressive. And again, um, I think that Chet has room to improve the shooting, mm-hmm. uh, the the number of shots he takes. I think that he could, he could take like eight threes a game um, easily. It's not his game. It's not something that he wants to do right now. But I wonder... If this is something that will happen in the future, where the the offense will feature Chet a little bit more, I mean, Giddy took eight threes mm-hmm. um, against the Nets. Mm-hmm. I wonder why Chet shouldn't take twelve, based <laughs> just based on that. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's yeah. Um, yeah maybe not twice the shooter that Giddy is, but surely better. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I want to see a game where Chet takes ten threes, eleven yeah. threes, something like that, mm-hmm. where he just 
cooks the other the other big man. This is something that in the postseason OKC probably has to do, like playing uh, pick and pop with Shea and Chet to like to death mm-hmm. to just lure the opponents to guard that pick and roll in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I think that there will be teams that will just say, okay, we'll we'll double Shea immediately as soon as the pick and roll starts. Mm-hmm. And Chet will have a lot of looks. And I wonder if OKC will be forced to just take 10, 12 threes uh, from Chet Holmgren in a game um, and what happens. I think that uh, it could be interesting to see if Chet is uh, willing to take as many and, and what is the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's another interesting chat stat. Uh, of non-restricted area paint shots, so any any shot in the paint that is not in like right by the hoop, there are very few players that have taken, let's, let's cut it off at 75 shots this season in that area that are better than him. Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas is, is better. He's at 59%. Chet's at 55% in these non-paint restricted area mm-hmm. twos. It's Jonas Valanciunas, Ivica Zubats, and Jokic. That's it. There's not one other player. So like he's better in those non-restricted area in the paint shots. And this is like this is the stuff that he's going to get better at as he gets older. Yeah. Because he's going to get stronger. He's going to know which shots are better for him. But better than Jaron Jackson, Randall, Anthony Davis, Shengun, Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid, Vucevic, Sabonis, DeAndre Ayton. Like better than all of those you guys. Think Miles Vucevic Turner should be in any list. That Vuce, is Vuce doing well in any of these lists? I mean, no, I just I just want. I mean, he's so sad. He's such a like. I don't know. I don't know why teams are just giving him money. I I have no idea. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. It's rough. It's hard to build a, a good team around Vuce. Good. I mean, yeah, really it's good, very difficult. Really good player, but when you have to pay him that much, it just makes it almost impossible. To build the team around yeah. him, um, but yeah, the Thunder are outrageously good, twenty-two and nine. They, I mean, again, you look at the the numbers. They say this is the best team in the Western Conference. Like, this is this is the one, and it's not particularly close. Now they don't have the best record. You look at the twenty-four and eight to the Timberwolves, who lost to the Knicks yesterday. But their point differential is much better, 5.5 to 8.6. And the Thunder are going to get a chance to prove it tonight against the Boston Celtics, who come into town with the league's longest winning streak. They've won six in a row. They are very good. This Boston Celtics team is very good. And they've had some soft. The last, like, three games have been pretty soft for them. So I think it will be interesting to see if mm-hmm. they can sharpen their blade in time because it's, I mean, they played, they're off of like a really blah stretch. Pistons, Raptors, Spurs are the last yeah. three games for them. And then they have to come in and play the Thunder tonight. Um, but yeah, they've beaten Kings, Clippers, Lakers, Pistons, Raptors, Spurs. So, that, I mean, it's probably one of their softest, one of the softest portions of their schedule um, that they've yeah. had. So, um, by the way, um, I'm about the difference between. The Thunder and the Wolves this season. Isn't it just a crazy Troy, Troy Brown game? Maybe a Troy Brown shot? Yeah. Like that shot? That is the difference. Because if that shot doesn't go in, OKC okay, is 22, um, 23 and 8. Yeah. And the Wolves are 23 and 8. Mm-hmm. It's true. So that, is, that is the difference. That crazy Troy Brown game, mm-hmm. which this is, this is the NBA. This is life in the NBA. You can get that kind of game um, from someone like Dallas got the Isaiah Joe game yeah. uh, when when yeah. nobody knew what Isaiah Joe was. Yeah, that happens. That's, but that is yeah. the difference between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I, I like, I just like watching the Thunder better too. They're so much less annoying. I mean, they just the Timberwolves just possess two of the most annoying big men in the NBA. <laughs> And yeah, but even Rudy is less annoying by today. Disagree, I mean, disagree, disagree. And he's French, so I'm. I'm he's like, French. I know you're giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt here, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm out, way out. He's been better as a player. He's been a better basketball player. Um, been just as annoying to me. So, 
And Cat is just like insufferable. I was watching that. I'll, I'll ask you this question to close. I, I sent a, a text to somebody yesterday asking, who would you rather have, Julius Randle or Carl Anthony Towns on your team? Which I got. The, the first response was, to play basketball? And then the second response was, I'd rather die. Um, so I just, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think I froze McKellie, which is a really good No, I, I, I don't want to be. This question is total. It is like, this question yeah. has messed up your internet. You, 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 you froze me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The internet, this, this question has completely frozen your internet, which is great. Which is a great way to, to execute this question. I'm very proud of myself. Are you there now? I think I think I'm now. back. Yeah, you're back. And I would rather not watch basketball for, yeah, yeah. I would much <laughs> rather not watch basketball for two weeks, uh, maybe three weeks. I mean, I, I, I don't like any any of those. I mean, probably Cat, because it's I, I had a crush on Cat when he was in college, but um, yeah, basketball crush that um, crush that is. Um, yeah. He was very good. He was very good the first year in the league with Ke- with Kevin Garnett there, and then he yeah. became. He's terrible. just insufferable to just watch. Terrible. He's just insufferable. Randall, to I, watch. I never. Yeah. Yeah, but still, if if he like he can be your like, Bertans, better Bertans. Like yeah. Randall, I don't know. I don't know how how it would play. Yeah, Randall's a he's a black hole. I mean, it's uh, he he helped. The Knicks win yesterday, but he also, if they would have lost, he would have been the reason they would have lost. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't like the, I don't like him. It's a it's um, a conundrum with him. Obviously, a good player. Obviously, a player that's like made All NBA and has made All Star, made the All Star team last year. You know, but yeah, I would not not want that player on my team. Okay, uh, Thunder play the Boston Celtics tonight in Oklahoma City. It's a first night of a back to back for Oklahoma City. Then they travel to Atlanta play Atlanta Wednesday night. They're on a bit of a road trip until next week. Then they go to Brooklyn, so we get to see Brooklyn again Friday night. Then they're in Washington. Um, goodness, we get to see what, what in the world is going on in Washington, get a get an up-close look at that Monday night, and then next Wednesday they're in Miami. And then back home for a Portland back-to-back next Thursday night. So a little, little bit of a road trip for Oklahoma City after this game tonight against Boston. Um, should be a little interesting stretch for them. A very interesting game tonight. Uh, the Thunder crowd has been great. Uh, we talked a little bit about the crowd toward the beginning of the season, and the crowd has been showing out. And I hope to see a big-time crowd tonight. I mean, this is what could be considered the best team in the East versus the best team in the West. And it's very, very exciting. should be a very, very fun game. Let me look up the injury report before we go to... Um, because that will define a lot. I know that Boston has been missing guys here and there, and I don't know if they've had anybody on their list. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. So J.D. Davidson out on two-way, Drew Peterson out on two-way, Jordan Walsh out on two-way. That's it. And then for the Thunder, same thing. Jang, two-way. Or not? No, he's on assignment. He's not a two-way. On assignment to the G League. Keontae <laughs> two-way. Olivier two-way. Lindy two-way. So we got full full squads tonight with Thunder Celtics, which is exactly what you want. You want full squad. You want to know exactly where you measure up. Like the truth be told, if the Thunder lose tonight, like it's very acceptable to lose to the best team in the NBA. But you just want to see it, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Cannot wait to see it. Uh, okay. Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks so much for listening to our show. Thanks so much for listening and watching here on YouTube. If you could, be sure, that if you're not subscribed and you're watching right now, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, please like this video right now. If you're if you're listening on the uh, podcast app, please go to our YouTube page and subscribe. Just search down to dunk. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, that would be amazing. We have so many more people watching live than we have ever uh, during these shows. So that uh, is amazing. And we're extremely grateful, extremely grateful to go into this new year covering this team, uh, doing this podcast with you guys. Uh, it only gets better from here, you guys. It only gets better from here. 
This is the beginning of something I think really, really big happening in Oklahoma City. And uh, we're really excited to be able to just be on this ride together. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.